November is here, and can you hear the sweet siren call of summer? Have you been true to yourself and taken on any challenge that life might throw at you? Have you shouted into the void, you are on? Here at Text Talks, we couldn't be happier or prouder to be joining forces with Ray-Ban for another summer. A firm supporter of South African music that is the very definition of cool. We are very pleased to announce that at the end of November, we will be teaming up with Ray-Ban to bring you our first live show. So keep your eyes on our socials to find out how you can join only the most authentic creators South Africa has to offer at our first live show. Ray-Ban is your reflection in the mirror of your truest self. It is the shade on a hot summer's day. It is your own focus through any spotlight that may be on you. Together, Talks and Ray-Ban are saying, you got a challenge for us? You are on. You can't predict the light, but with Talks and Ray-Ban, you're always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You are on. Define your style at superbalist.com. Welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to a rapper who exudes a raw sound inspired by his hometown and by Durban's bustling underground hip-hop scene. As Def Jam Africa's latest signee and one of OK Africa's 13 South African artists to watch in 2021, this man is a force to be reckoned with both on stage and on the charts. I am of course talking about Lucas Raps. Lucas, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm all good. I'm all good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the warm welcome. Uh, it's only a pleasure. I've been, I've been dying to get you on the show for a while now. Even like before, when you were still dropping tunes with Blackie, and I mean, you've been teasing fans for a really long time now with your music. You know, because you've been uploading freestyle raps yeah. all over your socials. Yeah. Your SoundCloud is lit. And I mean, you've done a lot of features, you've done a lot of collabs, but you literally only released your debut album, 031, to the world in October this year, which basically like last month. How does it feel to finally have released your debut album out into the world? How does it feel to get it out there? Uh, it, it feels amazing, man. Like finally, it's 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 time to start the the running process of this marathon in the music industry. So it for me, it feels amazing. You know, I don't take it to head too much. Oh, it's my debut. I just take it as now the ball is starting to roll. Mm. You dropped the first track, slide, which set a great tone for the album, and people couldn't get enough of it. And then you dropped Johnny Dang. And it's more of the same in terms of hype, right? After you drop that. And then two days before the album dropped, yeah. you released Mud. And you kind of broke the internet, right? Because fans were demanding that they needed the music ASAP and they couldn't be teased any longer. How have your fans been responding to your first complete body of work? I mean, they must be frothing. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you get the ups and downs of love and hate. The balance will still will stay the same. I mean, but... Um, it's just, it's dope to see like people's engagement with what I've been putting out. Like a lot of people saying that the songs are helping them get through a tough day 
um, mm. you know, gets them in a good mood. Yeah. So I'm I'm really getting to have that engagement now with my supporters and my listeners. So much has happened for you in the last month. I mean, there's um, the Apple Music Artist Spotlight and there's there's so much to talk about. But here at Text Talks, what we like to do is we like to take things all the way back. And I know you were born in Cape Town, but you moved to Durban when you were about five. And then that's basically where you grew up. And I know you've been rapping since you were yes. like eight, but I want you to take me to Beachfront Park in Durban to when you were 15, when you properly started getting into ciphers. What stands out when you think back on this time? Um, things were things were like a whole lot different back then, I won't lie, because everything was... Um, Everything was like everyone was hungry. I'd say that's the best word to put mm. it to to put for it. And I was I was also just like a different type of rapper at the time. You know, I I didn't have any songs out, but I knew I didn't even know how to like write verses properly. I just knew how to freestyle. So back at back in the beachfront park, there was like rap battles and ciphers that were going on. But the one that really stood out and made me stand out was a rap battle that they were having at the park. And I pretty much obliterated the competition there. And from there, <laughs> I became that. But I mean, if you've been rapping since you were eight, right? That means that you were already listening to rap before that. So I want to know, can you remember the first rap album that you got and that you learned like every single bar of? Um, I, I, the, so the first rap album I ever had, right? Let me just let me just get my facts facts straight. So <laughs> the first rap album I ever ever had was Nellyville. Oh wow. Right, that's from 2002. Yeah, that was Nellyville. That's the first rap album I've ever had. Did you ever put a plaster on your face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the sweatband and everything. Oh my god. Come on. Um and then the other album that pretty much made me who I am today is Recovery by Eminem. Uh, so that album I learned learned forward. Tell me why Recovery by Eminem because uh, you know all of the conversations that I've had over the last seven season of seven seasons of Text Talks, a lot of rappers mention Eminem as being um, an artist that they're, they're inspired by and his albums as albums that they cut their teeth on. So why Recovery for you? Um, there's a lot of I mean, I'm an M, I'm I'm an M stan, you know, but besides that, uh, recovery pretty much, it that was the foundation to me really wanting to be a rapper, because I related to some of the songs that he was, you know, talking about like no love. I felt very, you know, no love mm. hit me hard because I was going through like a bullied phase in my life, and you know, M just. I, he was the one that felt like he wasn't supposed to be accepted, but he's just so good that he was, you know, and that just related to, I just related to him when I kind of understood that a lot more. Mm. And how would you say, if at all, you took that inspiration and incorporated it into the music that you made? Um, yeah, I took it wholesomely. And I, the way that I've incorporated it is not pretty much by trying to be like Eminem or whatever, but it was by being yourself and not caring about what other people have to say about you because at the end of the day, people need to care about you. You mustn't care about what people have to say about you. 
Mm. So it was just having that mentality, listening, uh, gaining it from listening to Eminem. Mm. Talk to me about coming up in the Durban hip hop scene. Like, how would you say the Durban scene differs from Josie's hip hop scene? Because Durban has been producing all of the scene changes lately. Let's not even front. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. But how would you compare the two scenes? Um, I guess the one scene is, well, Durban. Durban is more, in, there's a lot of engagement there. Even though it's small, even though the, 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 the that cult, uh, following for that particular type of hip hop, um, it's small, but the people stand together. And out here in Johannesburg, it's a little bit more of a kill or be killed <laughs> type of mentality, you know, where artists are a little bit more vicious and they're not as openly, they're not open that, or they're not too comfortable to have you in their circles, you know? I like that. So Joburg just has a a cool thing about them. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's Joburg. That's very honest saying that Joburg has a kill or be killed vibe about it. But I get you. I totally get you. Yeah. But someone that you and I have in common is Nasty C, because I've had him on this podcast, geez, I think like season three. It feels like a lifetime ago. But you and Nasty and Blackie, <laughs> you come from the same scene, right? Not necessarily at the same time, though, yeah. but I know that at Huawei Durban Day in like back in 2016, you went to see Nasty perform and then you actually ended up performing with him. So I need to know exactly how this happened. I feel like there's a story here. Um, so what happened that day was so there's a guy, his name is Junior Lavi. OK, so Lavi, he was he's pretty much the biggest hip hop promoter in, in South Africa. And he's he's from Durban. He's his events is F Inc. and uh, the Famo Run Durban. That's uh, okay. Junior Lavi. So Nasty was having I think Ivy Sun tour. That was back when Bad Hair just dropped. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was back when Bad Hair just dropped. He was having Ivy Sun tour, and then I saw him post and tag Junior Lavi in a post. And I thought Lavi was like an artist at first. And I saw on Instagram back when the calling option was still available, like it was still brand, brand new. I saw that it wasn't an 031 number. It was his actual phone number. So I contacted, I, I called him, I called him, I called him. No answer. I sent him a few messages, still no answer. And then I saw nasty post up that he's performing at Huawei Durban Day. And then... I sent that flyer to Junior Lavi and I asked him to come to that event because I want to freestyle for him. And he was like, yo, who are you? What, what, what? And I pretty much <laughs> begged him. Like I fully, full on, like begged him to just come. I don't know this guy, but I begged him. And then uh, he pulled up to the event. He told me, meet me at the VIP at 12. So I woke up like super, super early, woke my parents up, went to this party. Well, this like festival, Huawei Durban Day. And at 12, I was at the, the VIP and I waited for Lavi. He came out and he looked at me and he was like, you lying. Like, who are you? You look old on your pictures. You look 12 in real life. What's going on? So <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then he was like, all right, cool. Rap for me. 
So off the rip, I just had to give him like a freestyle off the dome. And I like I went off for him and then he was super impressed. And then he gave me his car keys and he was like, yo, go to the car. No, be- before he said that, he was like, yo, who do you want to see today? And then I said, nasty. I-, I came out to see nasty. Then he's like, OK, here's my keys. Go to my car. So I'm like, what's going on? Like my parents, I look at my parents. They're like, yo, go, bro. Just make sure you come back and don't steal my lights, you know? <laughs> then I was like, all right, cool. Um, I went I went with another big, he's he's a very big guy. His name is Charlie. I walked with Charlie to the car. And then when we got into the car, Lavi like soon came in after. And then he asked me, what's my name? And then I said, Lucas. And then he, he, he said, Lucas. And then he kept quiet for a few. He reversed the car. And as he drove off, he started screaming, Lucas Raps. Yeah, you Lucas Raps, you Lucas Raps. And then that's where Lucas Raps came from. This is my first yeah. day meeting uh, Lavi. So he, as he's screaming, Lucas Raps, Lucas Raps, we drive up to this hotel, which was the Suncoast Hotel um, by the beachfront in Durban. And then we get there and he's like, yo, Lucas Raps, how does that sound? Is, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So as soon as we walk in, there's Nasty C like right in front of me, you know? So I guess they were checking into the hotel at that time and he just he's lobby so you could connect me like that i get into the like the elevator and i'm standing right next to nasty like it was it, it tripped me out you know it went from just coming to see this guy to now i'm standing in this lift with this guy so we get into the hotel room with all of them and then they look at me and they're like yo who's this kid so then lobby's like yeah this is the next one his name is lucas reps and then lobby's um nasty's like oh yeah freestyle for me <laughs> and then I pretty much freestyle I had to like go on the spot it was like on the spot so I freestyle for, for, for Nasty and the first one was like trash because I was nervous as hell and then I asked him if I could do it again and then he was cool with it and I killed it the second time and then that's when they all started like you know easing up to me and understanding like alright cool so you Lucas you know and then before we got to Huawei Durban Day Nasty calls me to the car. I was supposed to perform Hell No with him. But then he calls me to the mm-hmm. car and then he said, um, yo, can you spit a 16? And I'm like, yeah, I can. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to call you up to spit a 16. to the we get to the venue and yeah that video that people can see is that moment that's insane that's crazy that's such a like awesome comedy of errors but also you know you'd you you hustled you hustled to get there you know what i mean you shoot you you shoot your shot you shot your shot and you messaged him and it worked out i mean you can either get a yes or a no you just have to try but for me, this is where things get very interesting with you because it's around this time that you and Maparisa start chatting. And even though he's one of the biggest South African producers, you have no idea who this guy is who's commenting on your Insta post. And he like he follows yeah. you first, which I think is amazing. So tell me about your first interaction with Pori. 
Um, my first interaction with Pori was at the Pearls in Umshanga. Um, so I pretty much like you know shot my shot joke. I replied to a story that they had, and it was he had a studio set up, and then I was like, "Yo, let me come make some hits." And then he replied, and he's like, "Yo, pull up, you get me." So I was like, uh, "Okay, let me go." So I went to the hotel room. We ended up making seven songs in two days, which was the weekend, that Saturday and Sunday. So we made seven songs. One of those songs was "Ammo." Um, so mm. Pori messaged me uh, when he went back to Johannesburg. He said, "Yo, I want to add the song "Ammo" onto the Black Boy mixtape." So I had to come to Joburg to re-record the audio because it wasn't the best audio. So I flew back to I flew to Joburg. Um, Pori flew me to Joburg for the first time, and then um, yo, my life was a movie <laughs> that first weekend. <laughs> Imagine not knowing who Maporisa is, and then you, that's how you find out who Maporisa is. You just get flown over and you start gigging and the craziest things start happening for you and you don't even know how so i end up re-recording the song which is called ammo and then i fly back to durban and i went back to school that week and then that was the week i dropped out i told myself like you know what i i, I need to go and push in Joburg, man the school thing is not gonna hold me down i mean like school's cool or whatever but not for me before we get to dropping out of school, because I wanna I wanna talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, I've heard that Maporisa and his boys, they they work hard, but they party hard too. And they smoke some dank weed. So so how is a, a grade ten at the time? You're like sixteen, seventeen. How are you keeping up with these cats all weekend, Friday to Sunday? Because you know, you're obviously in studio, but I'm pretty sure that Maparisa is one of the hard work, hardest working musicians and producers in the country. Like, I'm pretty sure that the schedule was full outside of the studio as well. So, I yeah. mean, you said your life is a movie. It totally was a movie. But, like, what what's going through your mind at the moment as, like, as like a, still a kid? Um, A lot, to be honest. There's so much going on in this time. Like, you come from a very stagnant, boring lifestyle to living your dream in a few seconds you know mm. and like you said yeah they're smoking a lot of weed you know Pori smokes a lot of weed uh they drinking you know it's vibes it's pretty much being a superstar and you seeing a superstar so i didn't get like lost in that lifestyle because also i knew i was a kid i knew my place also i knew the limits mm-hmm. i could personally take it to myself and i didn't like you know I didn't lie to myself and say, yeah, you can be high and smoke so much. And, you know, nah, I wasn't even like a smoker then. The first times like I came there, I wasn't even smoking like that, you know? And then, yeah, that's, I just kept myself grounded. If it wasn't, there's no one there that could have kept me grounded. So I just had to keep myself grounded. And through that, I guess Pori saw that, hey, this child is focused. He's not getting caught up in this shit. And from there... You know, things just started to progress into me having a better understanding of how to actually be a superstar. 
yeah, things started to progress so much that your mother comes to school to pick you up and your school shirt is all of a sudden covered in farewell messages and you're not wearing a blazer. And she's like, what is going on here? And how do you break the news to her? Like, mom, listen, uh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I've decided that I don't want to be in school anymore and I want to do this music thing full time. I'm guessing it was an awkward car ride. Yeah, that was a super awkward car ride, but I was super direct with her, you know? I wasn't trying to beat around the bush. Also, my mom doesn't like that with me. Wait. She's just like, yo, tell me what's up and be direct about it or else don't talk. And yeah, I told her direct. I'm like, yo, you don't have to bring me back to school tomorrow. I'm done. I kept quiet. She looked at me. She kept quiet. And that was the drive home. No one spoke. No one said nothing. The radio wasn't even on. Like, it was just silence. The road. That's all you could hear. Just the road. And... I get home, I get my phone, and then I tell my parisa, I'm like, yo, I dropped out. My parents say I can come to Joburg. <laughs> and then I tell him <laughs> to book a ticket, like, immediately. So he doesn't know, like, yeah, my parents, he doesn't know what's the story. He's just following what I'm saying. So he ends up booking the ticket for me. I get the ticket, and then I go to my parents' room, and I tell them, hey, guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> and... Yeah, that, that 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 was the very hectic part for me. It wasn't even just the dropping out. It was the dropping out. And in the very same day, it's the dropping out. I'm moving out. I, like, it just came from nowhere for my parents, you know? Who are you more scared to break the news to? Both of them. Both of them. Like, honestly, it's not like hey, they both hectic. They hit you in their own ways. Because... If you, I'm, they both hectic. Trust me, trust me, they both hectic. So I was scared to tell both of them because I couldn't just go and tell my mother and my father doesn't know, or I can't just tell my father and my mother doesn't know. So I had to face the music and tell both of them, and then also tell them that you're gonna basically go and live with a strange man who just happens to be like South Africa's hottest producer and DJ. <laughs> exactly. So what goes through your mind when? he buys you a one-way ticket to Joburg to come and live with him. Because the last time you were in Joburg, you knew that it was just going to be for the weekend. Now you're landing in Joburg without any plan to go back home. Like, were you nervous at all? Was there any sort of like anxiety? Or did you know, like, this is my chance. I have to give it my all. Let's go. I think I pretty much knew. Like, something in me wasn't even scared. I was... More excited, you know, than anything I could. I, there was just excitement in me because it felt like I knew what I was doing because I, I just had that gut feeling. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, yo, you just do this thing, bro. And don't stop. Just don't stop until you finish. And look at me today i'm on this interview with you i'm having a lovely interview with you right now because of that decision i haven't stopped you flatter you flatter but i mean i'm i'm like fascinated by this relationship and agreement that you have with maparisa had with maparisa because the day after you moved in he gives you a car which is amazing did you have a license by the way or are you just like <laughs> you're just driving around blind <laughs> Not, I'm not going to incriminate myself. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he gave you a car 
and he gave you a laptop, right? But did you have some sort of agreement? Like, were there any expectations? What was the dynamic like between the two of you? Or was he really just extending a helping hand to you? Um, I guess the expectation was to be successful in whatever I do, you know? But he was really just... He was he was he was like my mentor slash father slash guider, you know. Mm. He made sure that, all right, let me give you the things that can mess up your brain, or let me teach you about the things that can mess up your brain early so that it doesn't, you know. And I got to see it with my porisa, so it's not not no random level of things. It's actually seeing it at the highest level possible you know i've never i've never met my parisa and i've never interviewed him hopefully one day i will get the chance to but i spoke to reason a few months back mm. and he said to me that it was when he stepped into studio with my parisa and they started making music and they're just actually not even making music just chatting just having general chats that he realized that he was in like a deep, dark depression and he was in this funk that he had to get out of. And it sounds to me like Maporisa is this incredibly talented music person, but almost like a music guru in a way. I feel like his talents extend far beyond what he's capable of doing in studio in the fact that he's paying it back to the next generation, which is really, really difficult to find. Mm. Mm. Trust me, Pori, Pori is not for all this lifestyle thing. Pori is for the movement of music. So what that means is whatever he does, it is to solidify the movement so that anytime music flows through this movement, it flows like water coming out of a tap. Mm. So that means an artist's mindset, he has to make sure that that is, it's, it's, it's cleared out and there's no stress in order for this artist to perform at the level that he needs them to perform at. Mm. But now for you, landing in Joburg, working with Maporisa, you know, you'd cut your teeth on the streets and you honed your talent as somebody who freestyles. Was it an easy and natural adjustment stepping into the studio with the objective to like work and write a song as opposed to create a, creating a freestyle? You know, it wasn't easy, trust me. It took me so long to fully understand the blueprint of making a song. Till today, I still don't fully understand it, but I have a very good understanding now. But at that moment in time, yo, I didn't understand nothing about making music. And there, trust me, there's levels to what you do. You know, it can be whatever, you can be a gardener, but there's levels to being a gardener, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just me understanding all these levels of music and... That's why I didn't release a project for so long because I knew there's still so many levels I still have to get to. My voice, my cadence, everything still has to be 
worked on before I can just give you a project. Like, yeah, I can rap, but I need to work on me before I rap. So what is your current process when you step into the studio? Uh, I roll up some R leaf. And then we just start vibing through beats. And if whatever beat knocks me at that moment, I, I talk to it and it talks back and I'll end up with the song. Mm. It's been very interesting to see certain hip hop artists like Casper, Coolie China, spoke about Reason, um, adopt I'm a Piano into their sound. And one of your first breaks into commercial success was on the Dr. Pepper track, What It Is. And that definitely incorporated I'm a Piano into, into hip hop. Would I be right in assuming that you consider yourself more of a purist, though, because of your love for American hip hop? Uh, I guess, yeah, I'd take that. But it's it's not, it's just hip hop, you know? Mm. I won't say it's a certain, like American hip hop, like the most profound hip hop is American hip hop, but it's really just hip hop. I just, I don't know, man. There's so much that goes into this craft, you know? And I, I, I pay a, a lot of attention to the small things that I do to make a song. It's not just press and play. It's it's really, you have to start from nothing and make something. You have to have a bounce. You have to have a, you have to have a rhythm. You have to have a flow. You have to know exactly how you're gonna paint this picture, you know? So my love of hip hop is so deep that Nothing can really just disturb it. You know, you spoke about refining your cadence and your rhythm and your flow. But one of the things that you have refined down to a fine art is your music business game. And I've been watching you because you recently bought a multi-million rand house. You drive a gorgeous Merc. You're always blinged up. But the very interesting thing is that you acquired all of this wealth, so to speak, way before you'd even released your first EP. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, where does it come from? But I want to know, where did you learn how to play this music business game? Because, Lucas, you play it very, very well. And I think that not a lot of people are clued up to the fact that not only are you an incredible artist, but yeah, you've got the you've got the business thing down to a fine art. Thank you, thank you. And let me let me just give you a young disclaimer. I'm a a, a property owner of number two now. So, you know, I just I won't say too much. Congratulations, that's incredible. This time I actually have land. But anyway, oh. um, it's 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 through me understanding brands, and I give that I take my hat off for Ed from Block Agency. Um, he is my new manager and he pretty much, so he, he, his challenge was, he was going to show me how much money I can personally make without releasing a song, you know? And I mean, he proved his point and I pretty much understood it 
very well because working with these brands, what what I feel like a lot of artists are afraid of, they're afraid to fully stand their worth, you know? And when you do that, it's it, it's hard to tell a brand, yo, I actually want a hundred thousand for fifteen minutes. When mm-hmm. they, you know, you know, it's it's it becomes a thing of oh, this person is cocky. But if you there's a certain manner in which you speak to people for them to understand, and you have to brand yourself in a certain way, in order to be trusted with a ten million, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to. You, you you shouldn't look like irresponsible in a sense. You should be able to be mature with money. Like I'm very mature with money. As much as I do, like go crazy and spend and do whatever, but you have to be mature. And I'm grateful to have understood it very early, because that's something that pretty much goes past your eyes fast. And trust me, there's a lot I of think- money. Um, yeah, and I think that a lot of artists, a lot of upcoming artists, new artists, they don't understand the value of a rand. So when they come into money, and especially large amounts of money, it tends to fly out the window if they don't have a solid foundation that's been laid in order for them to know how to manage their money. So we get a lot of up-and-coming musicians listening to this podcast So if you had to drop any kind of advice for maybe someone who's looking at brokering quite a big deal or who has recently come into a large sum of money, what advice would you give them in terms of helping to manage their cash flow? Like what should they do? What, or maybe even a piece of advice that really helped you. Um, The first thing I done when I got like, started to make a little bit more money was I, I, I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad which is an amazing book right um, and a book after that is called Who Moved My Cheese so Who Moved My Cheese yeah that, what a dope title I'm writing that down oh <laughs> uh, yes it's, it's, a, it's a little short book um, so I read these books to not oh, this book is going to give me the answer to everything. But no, it's going to help me understand financials. And what I got from it was pretty much, you know, like my own understanding that helped me move through it. Like everyone will have their own understanding. But Mm. there was an understanding that I got from it where there's a chart, right? So there's four columns, well, like four little blocks, okay? So on your top left Mm -hmm. is employee, you have a job and then the bottom left is like the s and then it's self-employed you own a job and then on the right uh top right column it says b which is business owner you work a system you own a system that works for you and then top uh bottom right is i which is investor money works for you so pretty much mm-hmm. you want to be on the right side of this chart, which is B and I. You want to have mm-hmm. um, a system that works for you and you want to have money that works for you. A B and, to be on the B and I side of the chart, uh, it's pretty much being like a risk taker. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's setting your own rules creating your own business and being your own boss which 
you you can have but some people like some people are born with it some people aren't you know and i guess i'm one of the few or one of many that is blessed with with it and through that i mean even if you're not blessed with it you can have an understanding to get to this level to do it nothing is impossible but it's just mm-hmm. that i get to have that understanding earlier and it's just that i pretty much made lucas raps the b and i side of the chart and which book is this from oh that's from rich dad poor dad okay rich dad poor dad because i think i'm gonna add that to my december reading list because that sounds amazing i mean that's the dream right we all want to work for ourselves unfortunately not all of us can but like you said even if we can't we can still have a better understanding of how to manage our money you know what i mean yeah most definitely so tell me lucas what is next on the horizon for you because now that the album is out all of the pressures off the shoulders people are loving it what are you looking forward to for 2020 um i guess 2021 we're gonna be rocking a whole lot of videos and then from the project uh dropping videos from O3 to the world uh 2022 i guess i'm gonna tell people now that's my year if you're trying to claim it please don't just just relax 2022 <laughs> until forever so yeah that, well, that's pretty much all i gotta say luke i just want to say thank you very much for joining me on text talks today and I wish you all of the success with the album and the rest of the promo and 2022. And I can't wait to see your star rise all the way up into the sky until it's very, very hard to make out, but it's still there shining pretty brightly. Thank you. And likewise, I hope I hope you accomplish everything. And, you know, I hope, hopefully I enlighten you about whatever I could have, you know. I'm from the mud where my dogs remain filthy Got a lot of gold that shines in me Never hit a low the Lord with me Gotta keep it rolling, you with me I'm from the mud where my dogs remain filthy Got a lot of gold that shines in me Never hit a low the Lord with me Gotta keep it rolling, you with me from the mouth, from the trenches I come from different dimensions I know I'm the king, I'm relentless My n****s I'm on the benches We living our lives on the edges Like baby, I don't think you get it I'm hot as fuck, they never ready Hey, tone down your voice when you talk to me huh. All of my the dogs and they bark for me I got some drip when I'm on walk, you see huh. I'm in this game to the end huh. I gotta say this again I'm, I'm from the mud where my dogs remain filthy Got a lot of gold that shines in me Ooh, yeah. Never hit a low the Lord with me Ooh, yeah. Gotta yeah. keep it rolling, you with me I'm from the mud where my dogs remain filthy Got a lot of gold that shines in me Ooh, yeah. Never hit a low the Lord with me Ooh, yeah. Gotta yeah. keep it rolling, you with me uh. Ten toes down, I've been around No about me, I hold it down, I pray my so sad peace when I go out and all my God 
keys to all the whips and houses But I will never forget, that's why I chop off your head yeah. You gotta show me respect when I pop up in a section I am that they rap, huh? fuck a celeb huh? yeah. I'm from the mud, huh? yeah. but I'm gon' stun, no, oh, yeah I'm from the mud where my dogs remain dogs filthy, remain yeah. filthy. Got a lot of gold that shines in me. Oh, yeah. Never hit a load, the Lord with me. Oh, yeah. Gotta yeah. keep it rolling, you with me. I'm from the mud where my dogs remain filthy. Got a lot of gold that shines in me. Oh, yeah. Never hit a load, the Lord with me. Oh, yeah. Gotta yeah. keep it rolling, you with me. Text Talks is coming to you from the amazing Kaya Creative Studios at Neighborhood in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Shout out to Tom's, the only music store for keeping us connected. From me, your host Tex, my producers Jonathan Ings and Matt Lurtz, and our researcher L Clapper. Catch you on the flip side.